Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. There is a sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Aaron Arrow, the Sick Podcast, on this Thursday, November 16. And there are some nights where it's appropriate that it's called the Sick Podcast because sick can mean really good and sick can mean really bad. And I'm all for the process and I'm all for the rebuild, but sometimes some games will make me sick. Caden Primo was in there tonight for his third start of the season versus three very good teams, an opportunity for him to establish himself. And, and they, they hung him out to dry. That's what they did. They gave up 8,000 shots. They gave up 20,000 scoring chances. They, 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 it's unbelievable the way they just they, they imploded. They just imploded. They had so many leads in this game that even though I have notes and even though I have apps and even though I got NHL.com in front of me, I'm still confused as to how many leads they had in this game. I know they led 2-0. I know they led 3-1. I think they led 4-3. Then it was 4-4. And then Brendan Gallagher, isn't this something, huh? Who last game with about, what was it? Four minutes left in the game or whatever it was, took a penalty with the Canadians down 2-1. At the end of the game, he basically hammered the referee who penalized him. He said, that's a mistake. He can't do that. He was in the neutral zone. The other referee that was close to me didn't call it, but because he didn't call it, he hadn't called anything all game. He decided to call me this and that. It's a, it's a, it can't happen. It can't happen. What does Gallagher do in a 4-4 game with about 243 or 244 left in regulation or whatever it is? He takes a high-sticking call, and by the way, by the way, the referees went over. They went to look at it. I'm going to tell you something. He could have got penalized for six because that high stick was indeed a four-minute penalty, and then after he high-sticked the guy, he actually tripped him, and he could have been off for six minutes, but he got a four-minute penalty, and what did the Vegas Golden Knights do? On that power play, they scored two goals. First Eichel, then Stone, That's what happens when you give good players a chance. They bury you. That's exactly what Vegas did, by the way. They scored three goals on the power play. The Montreal Canadiens did not score any goals on the power play. And the Montreal Canadiens lose this game. Justin Barron is able to get one back late in the game, but they lose the game by a score of 6-5. to The only, only good thing about this is that there's a a gentleman who makes his uh, mark in the media on radio and television in French. And on a very, very popular podcast, Weeknights, who's got this uh, brownish black curly hair, bluish green eyes. He's got a ton of charisma. And earlier today on radio, he said that the Montreal Canadiens were going to play in a high scoring game and ultimately lose the game by one goal. Okay, I didn't have the score. I had 4 3, 4 3, 6 5. What's the difference? I think the over under was six and a half anyway. So if you would have gone over, you would have made money. At least I think it was six and a half. Let's bring him in. I'm almost dreading this conversation. Damn, why did I call this guy earlier today to ask him if he could join me on the sick podcast? He did. There you have it. Green is his color. Simon, the snake, Boisvert, the guy I call Userpent. Serpent, what's going on? Hi, Tony. Why, why do you regret having me on? 
because you're going to tell me the primo stinks. Well, he does. But uh, about the green, this is a California Golden Seals jacket that I'm wearing. Damn you! I don't think you remember them because you were probably a toddler when they were uh, when they left uh, California. Damn you, Sammy and Yellow, for telling me to call this guy already. You're 30 seconds in to the show. You know that if it wasn't for Primo tonight, they would Vegas would have hit double digits. Primo was very hot uh, the first 10 minutes of the game. I think he only, saved a couple of goals. Only the first 10 minutes of the game, he saved a couple of goals. When sometimes they were... I have the impression that the puff, puck finds him more than he stops the puck. What is wrong with you? Have you always been this way or what? What's the story with you? Were, were, were you beat up when you no, used to go to school? No, I just tell it like were it is. Go, what's the story with you? I, I just tell it like it is, Tony. Did you see the save he made off of Marshall when they were down by a score of 5-4? to yeah. Four? yeah, that was a nice save. Yeah, very nice save. Did, it, did he yeah. save it or did it hit him? Yeah, yeah, but you know what? That that's what he's paid for. Yeah, that's what he's paid for. Yeah, yeah. And you're paid to say the things that you say. But, but you I saw, you that, saw that, before they took a one nothing lead. How many saves he made? Eh? They, they they give him a pretty tough time because he had to play New Jersey, had to play in Detroit, and he had to play Vegas tonight. So I I don't know what the plan is with this guy, but they're really testing him hard. They're not giving the easiest uh, opponents. I have to admit. So, look, I'm not going to say that Primo was great tonight because some people are saying that he was great. In my opinion, when you give up six goals in a hockey game, you're not great. I can say all you want that, you know, it could have been 10. You're right. At the end of the day, it is job to stop pucks. I just, history has shown that when you put a young goalie in, when you put a, a goalie in who's got less experience than the other goalies on your team, you are supposed to protect them. You are supposed to insulate them. You're supposed to play a good defensive game in front of them. And look, I get it. I love offense. This game was entertaining. And if I would have gone to watch this game and paid 500 bucks for two tickets and parking, I would have been happy that I saw 11 goals instead of seeing three goals in a 2-1 game. But, yeah. but, look, I mean, could somebody help the kid or what? What's the story here? Like I say, I don't know what the plan is. Well, the plan, if you're in a rebuild, if you're in a rebuild, if we're talking about, okay, at the deadline, they should probably trade Monaghan. At the deadline, they should probably trade Pearson. And the year before that, we talked about some of the veterans that they should probably trade. And the year before that, we talked about some of the veterans that they should probably trade. If you're still in that rebuild, you're in phase two, but you're in that rebuild, the guy you got to trade is Allen. You take your two young goalies, Montembeau and Primo, and you make them battle it out. And I bet you Montembeau is going to sign a contract here, supposedly in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. He's going to feel, he's going to feel Primo pushing him. A young goalie wants to make his mark. He's going to feel it. The thing to do is to trade Allen. But now what have they done? Allen's last two games have been bad starts. I don't know if there was a trade to be had last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But now Allen's had two bad starts. And if by chance, if by chance you wanted to, I don't know, trade Primo for whatever reason, there were about 20 scouts in attendance tonight. By the way, Mark Bergevin was in attendance tonight. I mean, he just gave up six. My area that I want to see, the area I want to see Primo uh, get better at in my opinion, is his glove. I think he could still work on his glove. Yeah, because uh, I think the first goal that he gave up was uh, uh, the puck that went off his glove. I don't know if it's the first or the second goal, but there was a goal that went off his glove. But look, uh, don't you think that after Montambo signs, perhaps Primo is going to be placed on waivers? The goal by Howden you're talking about. The goal by Howden... That yeah. made it 2-1, narrowed the lead to 2-1. Yeah. That one there went through him. McNabb was all alone in the slot. Uh, Marsha Soul was a bang-bang play. Yeah. Uh, Shea Theodore, uh, Shea Theodore uh, that one there, uh, it got I think it was weak on two goals tonight. Maybe that one there on Shea Theodore. Eichel's shot wasn't particularly hard, but, I mean, it just it, it found it found the top of the net, right? Found the yeah. top of the net. I, I, I think he's he's going to be placed on waivers and no one will claim him and that's it. Are you crazy or what? Well, if they would have placed them on waivers, they would have placed them already. What are you talking about? 
Well, who knows? They must have their own reasons to do this. Maybe they're trying to jack up his trade value, but I bet you anything if he's placed on get a a seventh round pick for him, let's say. I bet you anything if he's placed on waivers, he gets picked up. What do you want to bet? And I'm not much of a betting guy. I'm not going to bet on this because perhaps he, 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 he could be traded for a, se- a seventh round pick. That, that, that's I, not I'm the question. Seeing, the question is, he's, he's worth nothing. He's worth nothing. So he didn't show you anything in tonight's game to say, you know what? This guy might be pretty good. Nothing. Zero. No. No, and you have to look at the whole picture. I mean, how, how how many years has he been a pro? And he has not really improved, really. It takes goalies longer. It takes goalies longer, but they they the the, the curve has to go like this, you know, and it doesn't. They got they got one of Three the worst teams like this. They got one of the worst teams in the league, man. Oh, they do. They do. You know that Jack Fraser, a VP ringside, he had some um some stats earlier today, some advanced data and advanced stats and stuff like that was the stats were courtesy of top down hockey or something like that. Okay. It showed where the Canadians are in goals for in the league before tonight's game. Okay. They were 27th. Okay. Their expected goals for is 24th. So all that you're hearing about they're unlucky, they're unlucky, they're unlucky, they're unlucky, they're unlucky. They're not that unlucky. Okay. One or two players are snake bitten, not the whole team. Because they're 27th in offense for goal score. Their expected goals for is 24th. Not much of a difference. No. Okay. The big difference is the expected goals against and the actual goals against. So if you subtract the two, the Canadians goalies thus far this season going into tonight's game. They're the fifth-ranked goalies in the National Hockey League. That means, that means, I'm going to give you an example. If the opposition is expected to have after the games that they've played. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 50 goals, and they actually give up 30. Yeah. That 20 difference compared to all the other teams, and I'm I'm making up a fake number, by the way, that Mm -hmm. difference has the Canadians top five in the league. So once again, once again, this is a team that thus far is where they are thanks to their goalies, and if it wasn't for their goalies, they'd be really bad. So you know what I say? If you're going to be really bad, once again, be really bad. Not to the point where your goalies have to mask the warts again, because last year, if Montembeau doesn't get hot, the Canadians have a serious crack at Connor Bedard. Instead, they end up with the fifth pick, and they picked up Ryan Backer. In, by the way, Mitchkov got another three points, I think, yesterday. Yeah, and he, he was great today. Uh, today was three points. Uh, one anyone who says yeah. he's lazy, I yeah. mean, has not seen him play. Yeah. So I spoke to Zach Fucali the other day, okay? okay? So Zach Fucali sends me a text message, and uh, he's playing in the KHL, right, Zach? And uh, for those who are watching who don't know, what he, he's a former second-round draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens. Unfortunately, he was here for a cup of coffee. It didn't work out. He went to a couple of other organizations, had a big win with the Washington Capitals a couple of years ago, was uh, instrumental last year in the playoffs in the AHL. Uh, he was fantastic in the playoffs. Um, won it all. And uh, Zach Fucali called me, when was it, yesterday morning? Sent me a text message anyway. Says, can I give you a call? I said, yeah. He called me. It was like about 9.30 in the morning or something like that, right? I was just getting up, to tell you the truth. Anyway, he had just finished a game in the KHL, all right? Because the time difference between Montreal and Russia, I don't know what it is. It's it's a big time difference, okay? So I don't remember if it was 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, long story short, he had just finished a game, okay? He was still in the locker room when he called me, right? So he called me and he asked me what he had to ask me. We talked about a few things and whatever. Anyway, so anyway, in a nice conversation, I said to him, I said, Zach Michkov, I need to ask you. 
He said, Tony, he scored two on me earlier this season. I said, how is he? He said, Tony, he's unreal. I said, Zach, I can ask you again. How is he? He says, Tony, he's really good. Like, really good. I dropped the phone. I took my head. I slammed it against the wall four or five times. And that's it. That's about it. By the way, I didn't slam it against the wall. I'm just I'm just adding it. I'm just trying to be whatever. I had a, I had a very bad day. You, regardless of Runbacher's performance, because I think Runbacher is going to be a good player. Uh, Michkov is going to be a star and probably a superstar. And in three years, uh, it's not uh, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, the, like the fans' reaction to Michkov scoring 40, 50 goals in Philadelphia. I saw another stat earlier today. The Flyers are actually a pretty good team. They're not doing that great because their power, their power play is terrible. I think it's ranked 31. Mm-hmm. He can help. He can help fix the power play over there. He can help yeah. fix the power. Anyway, look, it's a, he's going to be in the KHL for two, three seasons. And if, you know what, he doesn't end up coming over, then the Canadians were right. Until then, I would have taken the chance. I would have taken the chance. I would have taken the chance. Yeah. If I'm picking second overall, would I have taken the chance? I'm probably not taking the chance at second overall. But at fifth, I'm taking the chance. Yeah. At fifth, that's me. Neither did Arizona, by the way. No, Arizona didn't take him at six either. And they took a Russian player. And they took that's a Russian player. Quite ironic. Yeah, yeah. I right. don't okay. understand this one. Anyway, so even we're not the gonna, shards. Okay, let's. I like Will Smith, but uh, yeah. they should have gone for Michkov, considering that they're rebuilding yeah. and they're going to sing for at least three more years. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you know, Tim Blackett tells me, "Let me let it go." So I have to let it go because obviously. Michkov, he wouldn't have made a difference tonight's game. He wouldn't have been eligible, even if the Canadians would have drafted him. So let's forget about it for now. Let's talk about the hockey game. All right, let's talk about the hockey game. <sighs> I have to breathe out. I'm getting rattled. Okay. What did you think? You, Lennon. What do the I bright think? Bright spot? Let's go from a bright spot. Now let's... Yeah, let's yeah. The, the fourth line some, was Some great. people will say we were negative for a second there. I think maybe that reality is negative, not us. Let's talk about Yulanen. Yeah. Yulanen, my friend. Yeah. A, the goal that he scored is the second nicest goal a Montreal Canadiens player has scored this year behind Mike Matheson's end-to-end. Yeah. That's the second nicest goal a Canadian has scored this year. This guy went around Petrangelo and Martinez like they weren't even there. And did Mm -hmm. you see the hands in close? Hey, this guy's got hands, eh? Yeah. The problem with this guy is that you know, he's uh, he's not very strong physically. And so whatever he does is not sustainable. So he'll have a good game here and there because he's talented. But uh, I, I don't know what to do with this guy. Has, I mean, has he been really given a shot? Yeah, I think so. No. I think so. I don't think so, man. What yeah. shot? Every now and then on the fourth line, when it's not him, it's Armia. When it's not Armia, it's yeah, but When it's not him, it's it Armia. When it's not Armia, it's line At some point last year, I mean... Look, I you realize that the Canadians put RV Pinard on the first line for like four games this season, eh? Yeah, yeah. And he picked up one assist during that span. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, why wouldn't this guy deserve an opportunity to be there? Because, like I say, it's not sustainable. You're it's gonna not have a guy like this. Okay. You're gonna have a guy, you know, it's it's an 82 game season, yeah. and sometimes you will see guys like him have a couple of good games here and there, and everybody yeah. thinks like, oh, he should be a top six player. Mm. And then, you know, they end up going back to who they are, what they are. Yeah. And Ulanen right now, he's uh, he's a French player in my book. Oh, he's a French player. I thought he was a said he was a French player. Would have been a French player. Would have been in the lineup a long time ago. He's a French player. player. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So now. What else? Uh, Cold coffee at five on five. Hey, Pazetta. Do you see the pass Pazetta made to him? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, Pizzetta's another. He's an easy guy to take out of the lineup. Pizzetta's playing well this season. I'm not stupid to think that Pizzetta's a great player. I know he's a 12-13 on some night. Yeah. Pizzetta's playing well this season. Yeah. But, you know, they're fourth liners. 
But uh, it, it, can someone explain to me why we don't see Cole Caulfield at five on five, except maybe in the last, you know, six minutes be uh, before the end of the game where he had a good chance? Why don't we see Cole Caulfield at five on five? How many goals does he have this year at five on five? One? I think he's got one. One. Look, the guy is a power play and OT specialist. Okay, you need these guys. They're going to make you win a few games during the year. But people have to stop thinking that Cole Caulfield is a first-liner on a championship team. I don't know why he's not scoring five-on-five five this year. You cannot tell me he's not a five-on-five five player. But this year, you're right. Five-on-five, five, he's doing nothing. Yeah. Because remember, uh, and yeah. I told you this before, we're talking about building a championship team. We're not talking about building a competitive team or middle of the pack team. We're talking about at the same time, though. You know, Michel Bergeron had a point on TVS Spot. He's not wrong. What did he say? He said they play Caulfield with Dvorak, who right now is the third line centerman on the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, yeah. And if Doc the, the, is healthy, he'd be the fourth line centerman. Yeah, yeah. This so how many all. teams in the league play their best shooter, their best sniper, their best scorer with their fourth best centerman on the team? What in the world is going on here? Look. Look, I think the only good moment Dvorak had tonight was his goal. Aside from that, he's he's kind of useless. And look, it's it's not a deep team; it's a bad team because, in, in the sense that, okay, you 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 look at the the Canadians' roster. What what? what and what, I was what, thinking tonight. Hold on a second. Which, which goal? Which goal are you talking about? No, the roster. Oh, well, no, no, didn't he yeah. score tonight? No, he didn't score tonight. Didn't he have a breakaway or something? Yeah, the goal he saved it wide. Did you think he oh, scored? Oh, yeah, okay, okay. But so, where I, whatever. But where did I find this guy? But okay, anyway, you are look you at ready the roster. Or not? You want to start over? No. You you look at the roster. Look, I, I, I just told, I just, I just saw him on a breakaway, okay? This is all I remember because the rest of the game, I didn't see him. Now, it must be too, okay. I was thinking during the game tonight. It must be too. You look at the Canadians' roster, and mm. you're thinking, mm. if the Canadians become a contender one day, how many players from that roster will be around? And I'm not trying to, I'm not going through the exercise tonight. So I'll, but I'll do it. I'll tell you who they're hoping what I know will be around. I don't know who will be around. All these guys yeah. will not be, will not have the same role on a team. Okay. Okay. Basically, you can't have Suzuki and Caulfield as your top two forwards if. You, uh, if you're hoping to win the cup, hold on a second here. Hold on, hold on one second here. Okay. What if I tell you that Caulfield is going to score 40 plus goals this year? You told me by the time they're a contender, yeah, everyone's going to slide down in the lineup if they're yeah. going to be in the lineup. Yeah. And I said to you, and what if Caulfield's a 40 goal scorer? He's not going to be yeah. in the number one line. Not necessarily, because most of his points can be uh, can be uh, uh, done through the power play, and, hey, and also, hey, hey. and if he's on the second unit, How he, he, he's he's not going to have to face the other team's first line. Bravo, Christopher Columbus, Escoberto America. How many guys score forty plus goals in the National Hockey League? Okay, first of all, he hasn't scored it yet. Okay, okay. He's, I'll bet you anything again. It's the second bet I'm going to bet you that okay. Cole Caulfield's going to have a season of 40 plus goals. Okay, and if Let's he scores 40 does. plus goals, he's a first line player. Yeah, but is he going to get 40 goals because he plays 22 minutes a game on the first line and every power play? I don't, or I don't, I don't, he, I don't care how he's going to get. Yeah, 40 yeah but goals. is it going to be that useful? Player. Is it going to be that useful? I don't know what this guy's saying. I really don't know. So you really think that the Canadians have a first line with the roster that they have? With they you, have Brett Hall. With you, Brett Hall would have played on the players. second line. With you, Brett Hall would have played on the second line because he scores most of his goals on the power play. Okay, now you're comparing Brett Hall to Cole Caulfield. Same thing with Cam Neely. Okay, this is this is no, but, no, no. But do you understand what you just said? I just said to you that if he's going to score 40-plus, well, then he's a top-line player. And then you start telling me, well, it depends how he scores them. If he scores them, if he's playing 22 minutes a game, if he's not playing 22 minutes a game, if he's scoring them on the power play, if he's not scoring them on the power play, it doesn't yeah, matter all that. It doesn't matter. Explain, Tony. You're not letting me explain. Go ahead. Okay. Explain. Obviously, guys that you're going to put on the first line mm. and every power play and every three-on-three, three, mm. at some point, when they have talent, 
uh, when they're great goal scorers, they're going to score. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is Caulfield useful enough on the first line overall on a championship team? This is the idea. Are you comfortable with Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and another guy that they might have on the team as your first line on a championship team? Suzuki, I'm not ready to say that yet with all due respect to him, and I'm going to okay. tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why, okay? Yeah. Suzuki's play, I'm not comparing anyone to anything right now, but his play resembles the play that a Bergeron used to have. He could be a poor man's Bergeron, but he plays that kind of game. Bergeron never picked up, or I think he only did it once, like 70 points, but Bergeron was only a top-line centerman down the stretch. Before that, they had guys like uh, Krejci that you know picked up a lot of ice time and stuff like that could be number ones. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to say that Cole Caulfield, when the Canadians will be a contender, will be a first-line player 100%. And Suzuki is going to battle it out with Doc for whoever's going to be the number one centerman on the team. And you know what? They might both be 1Bs. And two 1Bs end up being a 1A and a 2A. It's the same thing. Okay. So so let me ask you a question. Yeah. On a, on a future championship team. Yeah. How many forwards right now on the Habs roster will be part of the top six? Will be part of the top six? I'll tell you who the Canadians are hoping for because I can't look into my crystal ball. But okay. I'll be willing to say that Suzuki will be part of a top six. There's one. I'll yep. be willing to say that Caulfield will be part of a top six. There's two. That Kirby Doc will be part of a top six. There's three. That Slavkowski will be part of a top six. There's four. And then after that, there's no slam dunk top six players on this team right now. But I would imagine their hope would be for a Joshua Roy or a Sean Farrell to slide in, I think Roy's got a chance. Farrell, I wouldn't go that far just yet, but all depending, maybe, you know what, I wouldn't go that far with Farrell because the top two center, you know what, maybe, okay, let me just, yeah, let me add them in. I think that could be the case, yes. Or Joshua Roy, and they end up adding an unrestricted free agent at one point. Okay. But you realize that there's teams that win the cup that end up having, with all due respect to them, a Pascal Dupree and a Max Talbot playing on the first line, right? You realize that. No, you don't have, have to all be top six. They have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin as, as their number one and number two centers. I understand that. I understand that. But, uh, you know, like, okay. I was going to say that, uh, that um, you know, Lekkonen was on the number one line a couple of years ago. You're going to tell me that he had McKinnon as the number one centerman. I get that too. I understand. There are players that add a different dimension to a top line. You know, Zach Hyman, for instance. Yeah. He's not very talented, but he adds another dimension to uh, the stars he's playing with. So, but what I realize with a lot of people, Tony, is that they really think that the Canadians are very close to having a top six uh, of of, uh, uh, a high caliber top six. And a high-caliber top four on on defense. Okay, because usually you need about 10 impact players, you know, real impact players to win the cup. If you look at the past champions, you're always Mm going to find at least 10 impact players. But from what I I hear and Mm -hmm. what I read Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people think that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Habs are very close to having those 10 players either on the ice or developing uh, in juniors or in the organization or, or in the NCAA. You realize the way I'm the Canadians. Sure. I'm not you, sure, Tony. Okay, you realize the way the Canadians are going with the stats that I told you that yeah. their warts are being masked by great goaltending standing yeah. on their head. Yeah. You realize that there's a very good chance of picking top five again this year. Yes. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So you know what? You end up you end up doing well in the lottery, and all of a sudden, Nicole Eiserman falls into your lap. There's another guy we can add. This this whole puzzle is not finished yet. No, it's not. It's not finished. And obviously, the Habs are going to get more top picks. That's for sure. 
but they they better be lucky because if they pick five, fifth or sixth again, I, I don't know. I'm 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 studying this draft right now. I see some a, a lot of very good defensemen, but there's no Quinn Hughes, there's no Kale McCarr, there's no um, Rasmus Dahlin this year. But there are some very good defensemen, and on offense, there there are three guys that that kind of stand out. You know the the mm-hmm. Iserman, um, uh, Demidov, and um, uh, Celebrini. So aside from that, I mean, what are the Habs going to get? Let's say they pick six. What are they going to get? And that's why passing on Michkov last year w- w- was key to the, the whole equation. The because there are some defensemen comparable to Reinbacher that are going to be available this year. Based on what the plan has been since Gordon and Hughes got here, yeah, the most or one of the most important members of this organization is actually the director of amateur scouting. And the Montreal Canadiens, they better hope, and Jeff Gordon better hope, that he got it right with Bobrov. He better hope that he got it right with Bobrov. Because if you don't end up picking the right players or the best players when you're supposed to pick them, we can't go through this rebuild right after we actually finished it and started up all over again. Then the fans are not going to go for it. Which is what happened in some cities over the last 20, 25 years. Well, in, in Edmonton, where they screwed, they just kept on picking up centermen every year. Yeah. You know, you don't do that. Yeah. Or if you're going to do it, make sure they end up trading them and end up filling, you know, exactly. the gaps that you have. Exactly. What do you see in Josh Anderson's game? He still hasn't scored. I, I see the Josh Anderson who didn't score in, I don't know, 27 games or something a few years ago in Columbus. That's just Josh Anderson that I see pre-trade to Montreal. By the way, um, Barbashev with a huge hit on Arbor Jackai. Jackai had been on the ice for an extended shift, and Barbashev hit him like a truck. It was a clean hit. Jackai went down. It looked like he fell on his left shoulder. Whether it's a shoulder, whether it's a collarbone, we don't know. We do know that he did not return to the hockey game, and uh, it doesn't look good. It really, especially that guy and the way he plays through pain, and that guy in a close hockey game, for that guy not to come back, something's wrong. Well, Barbashev is a tough cookie. They're a There's big no reason team. why I got this contract. They're a big team. They wear you down. Yeah. They're big. Yeah. And the, the Habs are not, you know, they're not just, not that they're not just talented enough. They're not big enough yet. You know, I think Jack guy's been struggling lately. I hope he's not hurt, but his ice time was dropping over the last couple of games. And I think that he's been, you know, if others have been maybe scoring points, I think he's been maybe dropping a couple of points lately. I know he scored a goal on an individual the effort the other night, and that's not even his game and good for him. But uh, I, I don't know. But I, well, I'm do you gonna, think I'm gonna... that he, he, he could have uh, played over his head last year? And and basically, if the Habs had gotten a, a very very good offer this summer, that she, for him that they should have taken it, like selling high. No, no, well, no. Hold on, I'm not going to get to that point because he has an element to his game that others don't have. That's why they couldn't trade. Yeah. You know, the only guy that maybe could have that element is going to be Struble. Struble, by the way, is suspended for another game. Yeah. So let's see what we're going to see. You know, let's see what we're going to see. Maybe they're going to recall Norlander. Bobby says that the Jack guy was a plus three before the injury. I get it, Bobby. But, I mean, take a look at his average ice time and take a look at who he was playing against, and they put him in a good spot. That's why it was a plus three. It all depends. Everything's relative, right? Yeah. Would you call up Joshua Roy? No, I would wait a little bit because you like, you like I, I like. You, you like him or does he stink too? Because for you, everybody no, no, stinks. No, 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 no. I, I, I like you Roy. make the pick, everybody stinks. Look. I like Roy, but, mm. but there's a but. There's a but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you know, o- o- over over time, when I had these uh, the the these but 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 about uh, Canadians players uh, prospects, you know, most of the time uh, they ended up not doing much. So I will I will. I'm not being you. negative for the sake of being negative. I will hand it to you, if memory serves me well. I could be wrong here, but you correct me if I'm wrong. If memory serves me well, the Kakanyemi draft, you told everybody 
The guy they should have drafted was Quinn Hughes. Yeah, of course. Before the draft, yeah. You know he's the best defenseman in the National Hockey League right now. Right now, yes. Right no, now, no. Yeah. he is the best defenseman yeah. in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting back to Joshua, I like what you shouldn't move on. Just, I'm giving you props. I'm pumping your tires, and you're telling me, uh, "Thank you." Thank yeah. you. Look, Roy, I think there's something mm. that I, I and I've always told you this: the first season for a forward at age 20 in the AHL is very important, mm. and Roy is off to a very good start. I think he's a smart player. I think he he he's very very opportunistic on the ice and everything. Yeah. Yeah. My only concern about him being a top six guy and not Tommy. being a third line guy. Yeah. I don't know about his quickness. I don't know if he's quick enough. Everyone's he, been saying the same thing about him at every level. True, but now it's it's the next level. The the NHL is an, is a different animal. So right now, if I had to project him mm. right now as we speak, after what I've seen, I see a third line player. But there's nothing wrong with being a third-line player when you're a fifth-round pick and you play 14-15 minutes a game. I think it's good. If the guy can do, I don't know, uh, 30-35 points on a third line, play 14-15 minutes a game, I think it's a success. No? So who do you think is the defenseman they're calling up now? Let's just say Jack is out for an extended period of time. Who are they calling up? David Savard I don't think is they're out. calling Norland there. I don't... Trudeau, maybe? I don't know. I don't think they're going to bring in Mayu. That's throwing him to the wolves. Who do who do you see being called up? I'm asking you. Struble's got one more game once again. Yeah, yeah. Struble has been very uh, stable this year, so he could be a candidate to be called up to play on a, on a third pair. Yeah, I'm he's gonna probably go with... he's probably the one. He's probably the one that makes the most sense. But maybe I don't know. Maybe I, I, maybe I think Trudeau. Trudeau's, Trudeau's the safest pick, I think. Yeah, Trudeau. But forget about Norlinder, obviously. Mayu, I think they're gonna let him play in the AHL until he he proves that he is more dominant. And right now he's not. He makes nice plays on offense, but I mean he, he's made some horrible plays also. So I think he's too up and down for um, uh, to be called up uh, right now. So yeah, maybe Trudeau is uh, is the best bet. Could be. Maybe they go for an older player in Baudin. Uh, look, Baudin is is pretty capped. I mean, uh, he's an AHL player. I, I understand that, but yeah, uh, but I know you need bodies. I mean, you, you need to call up someone, and perhaps they they call someone like you say who's a little bit older with a little bit more experience. But uh, I, I think Baudin is capped. I mean. Uh, in the look in the first place, I I never understood why he was a first round pick, but you know that's another story. Um, in Vegas, we deserve better, and tonight we deserve what we got. Marty St. Louis quote. Yeah. After the game, I agree. Yeah. They they were very good in Vegas. Is it a question of changing lines at all? Would you change lines at all, or it's not going to do anything? I, th- I, I, I think that if you change lines, it, you, you might get a jolt here or there. But Doc's injury, that's such an important player on the team. You can put a Band-Aid, and you can try and recover. Short-term, you will. Long-term, you won't. It's, it's just the way it is. It's hard when you have to have Dvorak as, uh, as a top six center. It's very, very tough. Are you at all encouraged by Massar lighting it up in the uh, in junior hockey or no? Nineteen-year-old season in junior hockey to me is uh, is is a who cares season. You're you're just hoping that the guy doesn't regress. But uh, like I say, even if the guy puts up a hundred points, to me it's irrelevant. The way I was telling you about Mayu last year, I mean, to me this is irrelevant. Even the players that 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 I like. When they go back to junior hockey at age 19, if they, even if they put up 100 points, I, I just don't care. I want to see them at age 20 in the AHL. And that was the case with Roy. And Roy, so far, has, uh, uh, you know, he's answered the call. It's not easy to impress a guy like you, I know what to say. 
Well, look, I I just go with uh, I just go with the, the 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 I would what I would call the norm. I know there are exceptions, but uh, and I know that every time I I state something and uh, people tell me yes, but this player he was okay. There are exceptions to these rules, but usually, uh, if, if you look at the top scores in the NHL, mm-hmm. uh, they have not played many games, if any, in the American Hockey League. Feel like taking some phone calls, Serpent? Of course. Why not? Why don't we do that? Let's go to the phone lines right now. You called. Presented by Playground. By Playground. It is the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. He is Simon Boisvert. They call him the Snake. I call him Userpent. The phone lines are open at one triple eight five eight five sick. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five. I'm gonna take a step back here. I'm gonna take it easy. Whoever wants to call in, I'm gonna put you on the line with the snake. You can have a conversation with the snake. Maybe you love the guy, maybe you don't like the guy, maybe you you know you you wanna you wanna give him some props, maybe you wanna have it out with him. I'll just sit back, I'll listen, I'll make you two go at it, I'll make you two pump each other's tires, whatever you want. Give me a call. Aniello, Sammy, Juliana at Master Control. I'm waiting to go to line one at 1-888-585-7425. Reminding everyone, of course, that the Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Playground. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercy Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. And brought to you in part by La Bitta TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB embrace your true nature shots on goal vegas 42 montreal 28 vegas scored three goals on the power play the montreal canadians score zero and go oh four three we'll get to some of your questions we'll get to some of your calls online one who's this hello hello tony Yes. Hello, Uzer Pente. Hello. Uzer Pente, yes. Uh, Who am I speaking with? Uh, Martin. Martin, go ahead. Martin from Saint-Jean to Richelieu. I called before. Uh, we, yeah. We talk, talked about the Super 9. Yes, yes. Super 9, Saint-Jean to Richelieu. Yes. Yes, yes. I told so, José, uh, uh, t'es donc bien belle, mais uh, uh, si tu veux sortir avec moi, prends un numéro puis attends ton tour. I told her. That's it. That's it. So a uh, great game tonight. That was uh, entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm calling and I have a question for both of you. I'm wondering if and at what point Martin Saint Louis might get a an experience assistant or something. Like I understand maybe the process saying no no I'm gonna go by myself. Like I'm I'm gonna. What what I'm not panicking. I'm just I'm just. Like I don't think it's the time right now, but at some That's point, maybe panic, you, okay, but you, you want to switch to next gear. Okay. And um, you want to bring in a, a qualified assistant, like a, a more experienced assistant coach. At some point, yeah. At some point, yes. But right now, they're in a rebuild. They're they're in a re- like between yeah. you and I. Do you think they really think they want a great assistant coach who's going to help them win more games and pick up more points? I mean, if it gets them into the playoffs, okay. But if it's going to make you go from 26th overall to 21st overall. Is it worth it? No, it's not like I'm wishing for one right now, but uh, I'm wondering about the process. When do you think, like next year, or you you really wait for to be a contender to say, okay, like just coaching-wise and system-wise at some point, don't yeah. you want to... Yeah. Marte, I think it, it, you have to ask yourself, you always have to be honest and ask yourself if it's worth it. Do you understand? You always have to ask yourself if it's worth it. I'll give you an example. Right? I'm 50 years old, Martin, okay? 50. All my friends, all of them, they all take Viagra. But I'm worried about pills and the side effects that come with pills. Do you understand? Yeah. 
So I went to see my doctor. I said, doc, but all my friends are taking Viagra. Can you explain it to me? So he says, Tony, if you take Viagra, you're going to go for four hours. So for 20 minutes more, I don't take the chance. You understand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The four minutes more, it, it's what it takes like to go to a uh, next round of the playoffs. And was it too? So, uh, was it too? Of course, sometimes say, well, uh, I, I might have made a mistake. I I, uh, I took this or that lightly and uh, I'm a learning coach. Yeah, it's okay, but it's still the National Hockey League. So maybe like an older friend coach could have said, hey, you know, don't forget about this or that. It's okay that he found out by himself. Snake, what do you think? Snake, what do you think? I think the Habs shouldn't do anything, and we, we see it the way they are being managed right now. They shouldn't do anything before a couple of years, probably 2025, before any kind of restructuring happens or any kind of effort to improve the team, whether via free agency or, or trades where they give up prospects for established players. I don't think it's going to happen before 2025. So this season and next season, they are still rebuilding. They are waiting for uh, young players in the pipeline to mature and also adding probably two high picks in 24 and 25. And then I think I think we start talking. Depending on the progress of the, the young guys, then we start talking. I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Montreal Canadiens will make the playoffs next season, but they're not making the playoffs this season. Snake has them making the playoffs in two seasons from now. Marte, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. You sound like a good guy to me. At 1-888-585-7425. The phone lines are open, and we'll take them no matter where you call me from. I will take your call. Once again, the Montreal Canadiens, 0 for 3 on the power play, only 28 shots on goal. 14 minutes in penalties for the Canadians. The penalties cost them because the Vegas Golden Knights scored three goals on the power play. And of course, when Brendan Gallagher took a penalty with just under three minutes to go in the hockey game in a 4-4 game, and then the Vegas Golden Knights got power play goals from Eichel and um, Stone, that was the difference in the hockey game. That was it. And in the end, Mark Stone ends up scoring what was the game-winning goal, the Vegas Golden Knights win, by a score of 6-5. to five. If there aren't calls, we'll take questions. If there aren't questions, we'll take calls. Sammy, Agnello, Juliana, you let me know. John says, can we honestly say that this team is getting better? I just don't see it. The goalies, again, cover up a lot of problems with this team. Snake. We well, hear the I word. Said. We hear they're the make, word. A process a lot. It, it, it's they're making zero effort to improve the team. So it's it's all on purpose. So that, well, that's no, no, why no, no, it's, not a, it's not on purpose because Marty Saint Louis talks about his concepts, his concepts. They talk about player development, player development. The players are supposed to be getting better with their concepts and player development. You could tell me they're not going out and making acquisitions to make the team yeah. much better. That's yeah. one thing but yeah. they're supposed to be getting better, the ones that are here. Are they getting yeah, better? But, yeah, but that's the thing. The pipeline was empty. So how can you play a lot of youngsters when the pipeline is empty? So that's why they, you know, they hold on to Dvorak. They hold on to, you know, Gallagher. They hold on to Monaghan. Well, they're holding on to, they're holding who on. I think is a good player, by the way. They're holding but, on to Gallagher because they can't trade the contract. They're yeah, not holding on to him just yeah but they could there. buy him out, and but it's not worth it. You know, I think right now they're just letting the whole thing uh, uh, fade away, uh, for lack of a better word, by itself. I mean, they're just they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They're just looking for high draft picks and waiting for prospects to marinate. That's what it is. It's a temerity. You know, it's, it's, it's been done before. Uh, Buffalo's been doing it for a few years since Kevin Adams was named GM. Uh, and, um, you know, Chicago's obviously doing it right now, big time. So the Habs are in that cycle right now. By the way, Jack says boring team. I disagree. This is not a boring team. Tell me whatever you want. You can tell me they're not a good team. Okay. Boring team? They're not a boring team. No, Are they a boring team? I don't, They're a boring no, team. I don't find them boring. I don't find them very good, but I, I don't find them boring. It's not, it's not a bad show, like you said, you know, tonight. Uh, 
Hey, anyone he scored five paid... goals versus the defending Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the a- problem? A- anyone who paid uh, you know two hundred bucks for a ticket tonight, I think they they got their money's worth. Of course. I understand. Why would people say they're a boring team? They scored five goals tonight. Yeah, I'm surprised they say they're a boring team because I called them boring for years and years and years and years. No, no, they're not boring. Years. And I don't think they're boring anymore. They're not boring. They go for no. it. And over time, they go for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're just they, not good. They trade chances with other teams. They're not afraid to lose game 6-5. Exactly. When a team is not afraid to lose game 6-5, they're not boring. Mm-hmm. When you'd rather, you know, when you, when you play to have a tie game down the stretch or to just lose by a goal or lose 2-1, that's when you're a boring team. Mm-hmm. That's when you're a boring team. Yeah. They might lack some game-breaking talent. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't mean you're boring. They might lack some players. Yes. Doesn't mean you're boring. I think the big concern right now, go, going, uh, uh, looking further ahead. Yeah. And it, it's very hard to predict because you never know with these guys. Hmm. Who's, who's going to be the number one goalie on a contending team? And I know, yeah. you know, Vegas won the cup with Aiden Hill. We've seen this before. Detroit won a few cups with Osgood, who was not a big name or anything. But I'm still wondering, you know, there's no uh, Jake Ottinger in uh, in the pipeline right now. So I don't know how they're going to acquire uh, a guy you can play, you know, 15, 20 games in the playoffs and give them a chance to win once they once they're they're a better team or contending team but this is probably the last thing that they're going to add they, or or trade for or, you know you just hope that maybe someone uh that they drafted uh becomes good you know everybody's talking Pierre about Maguire, Pierre Maguire told Jim that Jacob Murphy Fowler yeah that Jacob Fowler's the real deal yeah, but uh, this was By said the way, about on a, on a podcast called The Eye Test. Yeah, which is a couple of episodes in. It's a brand new podcast on the Sick Podcast Network. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard about his comment. Yeah, but who, know, who knows with goalies, and especially these college goalies. Uh, and it's, look, it's like uh, I remember Primo uh, Dobesh. You know, not doing very well in the Val. I know he's young. I know he's a rookie. But look, I, I don't see. And, and again, there's a lot of teams don't have that guy in the pipeline. So with goalies I, right I, now. Well, I, I'll say that it's less important now than it ever has been. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm not, you know, obviously you take a good goalie, but it's less important right now having a good goalie yeah. than it yeah. ever has been. But you have the guy who at least is not going to give up bad goals in, in in the in the playoffs, you know, too many bad goals in the playoffs. This is what you're looking for. You're not necessarily looking for a star goalie, because uh, but you you can't have a guy like Primo. For me, a team that wins the cup is a team that is very deep at center, has a couple of game breakers, so that if one is silenced, the other one can come through. Um, have a player who could be out of those centermen that could be a very good 200-foot shutdown player, have an energy line, have a number one defenseman, have two very good pairs on D, and have a team that can wear you down through what is a marathon of a season. When you have all of that, and you don't have to have the best goalie, you just have to have a goalie who comes up big in the playoffs. Nick, what's going on with you, Nick? Nick, you there? I'm right here. How are you, Tom? Very good. You? I'm okay. I'm just going to uh, make a, a, a comment, and I'll ask Nick a question. Uh, my comment is that uh, Slavkovsky was the right pick. Uh, we're sick and tired of uh, people, uh, you know, that always putting down uh, guys who are kids. You just need patience. With, especially with a big body like Slavikovsky. You watch him. He does make mistakes. He's overthinking. But by the time this kid's 23, you'll remember my name, Nick. Uh, he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be one of the stars in the league. The thing I want to ask, Nick, is this. If, you know, I've been watching the Canadian side. I was, I don't know, six years old. I'm 61 right now. When I'm watching Yuri Kulich in the juniors, junior t- tournament, and I think he's one of the best players on the ice, 
why did the Canadians draft uh, Massar two picks in front of him? Is it because they fell in love with the Slovakians at the big tournament? Is that what happened? Well, uh, it, it, the narrative was that he was a friend of Slavkovsky's and they, they, they played together and everything. But uh, I, I can't believe that they would pick a guy just based on, on, on this uh, criteria. Uh, the, the, the thing that, is, that makes them look very bad about this pick so far is that they, they were really comparable players in the sense that one is from the Czech Republic, one is Slovakian. They were playing in, in the, the, the same kind of league in Europe. So it, you're really comparing oranges with oranges. And why the hell did they take uh, Mishar instead of uh, Kulic? I was extremely surprised the night of the draft. And I, I, I still can't figure it out. And this is where I'm not sure I can trust a guy like Bobrov as the, um, as the chief scout. By the way, for those who are not aware, Coolidge was drafted a couple of picks after Mashar. He was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, and he plays for their American Hockey League team. As a matter of fact, he came into Laval about a month ago and scored three goals versus the Laval Rocket, the third one being an overtime winner. Remember, Bobrov is the guy who drafted uh, Leah Shenderson at number seven and Vitaly Kravstov at number nine. This is not good. But, you know, he worked with Gordon. They probably get along. It's a boys' club, and so Bobrov yeah, was... Yeah, boys' uh, club all you want, but if a guy's going to not be taking good players... Yeah, well, he brought him I mean, here. I'm, you know, it's, there's only so much of a boys' club you want to have. Yeah. I mean... But Gordon brought him here. The, the way Benjamin stuck with Timmons for 10 years. Nine and a half. Well, nine and a half. And he probably lost his job partially because of Trevor Timmons' work. You think it was that oh, bad, eh? Yeah. And I think and, the player to, I think the player development hurt the Canadians more than yeah, but, Timmons uh, drafting. Yeah, yeah, but uh don't forget he was also director of player development for a while. Yeah, he was also director of player development for a yeah. while, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Bobrov, uh I don't know. It's um don't forget, wow. eh, Timmons drafted Sergachev. He didn't tell uh, Bergevin to trade him. Yeah, well, look, let me put it this way. You have a guy who's going to work for your team for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's going to hit on a few picks. But He, dra- he drafted to McDonough, too. He didn't tell them to trade him, too. Look at the whole body of work. I understand that, but I, I yeah. just I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people think it was. McDonough. Yeah, but how, how did the Habs end up in, in, in 28th uh, place? Because every, everyone says that Bergeron made great trades. Bergeron made great trades. So, okay. So, if Bergeron made great trades, let's be logical here. What, what, what was lacking? Good drafts, I would say. I think there were other factors. I don't think Bergeron... Drafts, player development. And I think Bergeron has a great eye. And he can make great individual trades. But with the exception of one season when they went to the final, he had a hard time putting together a team. That is true. I was going to say this. He, he has a hard time. I think individually, Bergevin was able to acquire good players, but he didn't know how to assemble uh, something that would gel or match. Like the way you look at the or Golden Or something Knights. that would be sustainable. Yeah, the Golden Knights, you know. Look at the mix. The mix is great. And I, I often said about Bergevin, the guy acquires good players, but he's not good at creating a good mix. So obviously it was not just Timmons' fault. That's why I say partially. But Timmons, I can't, uh, you can't say that Timmons brought him a lot of uh, uh, stuff to work with. I mean, just go to WalkieDB and, and look at Timmons' record. Yeah, there are a couple of draft picks that I think, and it's not to defend them. There are a couple of draft because uh, he obviously got some wrong. There are a couple of draft picks that uh, he also chose players based on positional need within the organization and probably not because he wanted to. Yeah, but he also said in an interview uh, before the draft that Quinn Hughes was not going to be able to defend in the NHL 
And I'm not saying Quinn Hughes is a good defender, but I think what he does offensively. You see, really I wouldn't worry about that. You want to know why? Yeah. Because every he time he's on the, the ice, he's the one who has the puck. Yeah, he always has the puck. So I think Timmons really, really missed the boat on this one. And, and it's very rare that a, a chief scout will comment about a player before the draft. But he did comment about Quinn Hughes when he was asked, uh, what about Quinn Hughes? I don't know if it was on your show on TSN radio, but anyway, he, he, he said it uh, a couple of days before the draft. And I think you can find, if you Google it, you're going to find the quote. And that's it. I mean, uh, that, that was a real miss. That let was me, a real miss. Let me ask you something. What are you doing Saturday, December 16th? I have a family gathering. Why? With the family yeah. gathering. Do the family gathering the day after. No, it's out of town. Why? Where is it? I'm not going to tell you. I have to just, I have to get my people on the case to check if there's really a family gathering going on in the 16th. Yeah, there is. It's in Drummondville. Oh, it's in Drummondville. So you're going to have some yeah. boots in or what? No. And uh, b before the, the gathering, I'm going to go see a... Uh, Uh, the Voltigeur played the uh, Sangni and Chikutsmi at uh, four o'clock, three or four o'clock. Was that you or what? The phone? Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? Yeah, it's my it's my phone. Do you want to know my private life now? No, but it's, it's maybe what? It's, no, it's, someone someone's telling me that I... It's that a I, text I, message for you or it's your alarm to take your... your no, your no, 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 no. It's my girlfriend telling me that I have great hair. That you have great hair? Yeah. Really? She's watching? Yeah, I think she's watching because she's wow. just texting me. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Ask her what she thinks of my hair. Ask her. You can. You don't have to text her right now. Just ask her. She's watching the podcast, I would imagine. Yeah. Ask her what she thinks of my yeah. hair. Well, I, I think she would appreciate the fact that you do have hair at your age. Yeah. That's something she appreciates. I don't know if you would like your style. Maybe she prefers gray hair. Who knows? That's why I don't dye my hair. I don't know about this look, Tony. Honestly. I don't know no. about this look. Yeah. But, but what, what was the thing about December 16th? You had free tickets for me? Yeah, save the date. We're going to, uh, we're going to play ground with, okay. of course, our listeners. And uh, munch on some hors d'oeuvres and have a couple of beverages and play the slots, I would imagine. Uh, maybe have an eye on the Canadians and the New York Islanders that are going to be playing that night. I might even go on the air. I was going to invite you. Okay, well, I'm not going to be available. Oh, that's great. You know, the week before Christmas, and you, you, you know, I mean... I was going to give you a Christmas present. Okay, what? You'd rather hang out with your family. What do you want, what do you want me to tell you? You want to be like that? Be like that. You ready to hit this yet or what? Or no? No, not yet. No? It, it takes a lot to uh, drive me nuts, Tony. Begin panic sequence in three, two, one. And by the way, she has no opinion on your hair. Wow. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Love that. She got no opinion on my hair? No. She likes, uh, what, the salt and pepper hair you got going or what? I think so. I She think likes so. that, eh? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, it's the Canadians and uh, the Boston Bruins. The dads were in attendance tonight, by the way. The Montreal Canadiens dads, and they're going to be going with the Canadians on the road. They're going to be going to Boston. They'll travel out tomorrow to make their way to Boston, which is a lovely city to hang out in. And uh, the Canadians are going to have their hands full versus the Boston Bruins team, who probably still hasn't digested losing to the Canadians last week on Saturday here in Montreal. So uh, make it um, three straight home losses now after losing versus Vancouver on Sunday versus Calgary on Tuesday versus Vegas on Thursday and now going to Boston on Saturday. Ça sera pas Merci beaucoup, Simon the Snake Boisvert. And uh, never forget, for everyone, you're the snake. For me... Euro Serpent. Have a good night. It was a pleasure, Tony. Thank you very much. All right. There you have it. Simon the Snake Boisvert. It is. Uh, that's it for us. All right. If you liked it, like it, share it with your friends. Comment. Sick. S-I-C-K. S-I-C-K. 
and uh, leave us a five-star review on the Apple. The Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of six to five versus the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, get, you know, a, a, a real good performance from Jesse Yulanen, who scored two goals in tonight's hockey game. The first was a thing of beauty and the other goals courtesy of Alex Newhook, Jonathan Kovacevic, and Justin Barron. It was a Brendan Gallagher penalty that did them in with less than three minutes to go in regulation because the uh, Vegas Golden Knights scored a couple of goals on the power play late. Goals by Eichel with a minute 56 left in regulation and a goal by Stone, a minute 12 left in regulation that ended up doing a lot of damage. Stone eventually ends up getting uncredited what was the game-winning goal. So that's it. Caden Primo, 42 shots his way. Unfortunately, six go in and the Canadians lose. Uh, we'll be back to do this again, or at least, of course, my buddy Matt O'Han will tomorrow night. Same time, same place for Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana and Master Control. They're Cavallaro and Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.